everybody. We're here with another Savage Gentleman podcast, and tonight my guest is none other than Rob the Fireman, uh, as some may know him. And this gentleman, you may have seen if you um, actually took the time to watch The Last Ninja. Um, no, I'm sorry. They changed the name. It's actually The Ultimate Ninja Challenge. The Ultimate um, Ninja Challenge. <laughs> which is how I met Rob and, and heard some of his story, which is absolutely fascinating and um, man, Rob does a lot of cool stuff and we're going to talk about that, but, um, Rob, thanks for coming on, buddy. We're, we're talking remotely. This is a first for us. Um, one thing, good or bad, we, we never do the same thing twice here with this podcast. <laughs> um, we are consistently inconsistent, um, across the board. So just when you think you like something, we're going to change it up on you and yeah, I'm sorry. But anyway, Rob's here, and uh, we're going to talk about some stuff, man. How, how you been, Rob? I've been good. I've been good. This is great to be on here. I love I love the platform. I love uh, the aspect of, uh, you know, motivating men to get out there and be that, that savage gentleman that uh, has kind of been lost. And I think uh, being on that show with you, I, I, I found a different side of me that I never found before, so... Yeah, dude. It, it was really cool, man. It was it was awesome to get to know you on that. And honestly, dude, we're just trying to be more like you, man. I think, um, <laughs> you know, as we get into some of the things that you're into, I mean, you know, uh, as a fireman, as a profession, right, which is right. pretty freaking pretty, pretty manly and, and badass. Right. But then not only are you is that your profession, but you also are a competitive triathlete, a competitive Ironman um ultra distance type guy um and if that wasn't hard enough you do those <laughs> events in your fireman kit which we all know is not super conducive for moving no. around um for long periods with any type of speed no. and yet and le unless you're you and then somehow <laughs> you, could, and le you could pull that off because you've got a you've got a guinness world record right yeah, um, it was uh, for the number of Ironman 70.3, so it's a 1.2-mile swim, okay. uh, 56-mile bike, and then it's a leisurely 13.1 miles in my 50 pounds of fire gear, and oh. I did uh, 23 of those in one year. Wow. Dude, so. that is brutal. Now, you're not swimming in the gear, right? No, no, no. That'd be uh, – I'm a good swimmer, but I think I'd drown if I did that. A 50-pound – I could not imagine wearing that freaking suit and helmet and the whole gear. like. And it, and it doesn't breathe in the heat. That's the thing is, like, you know, it's all conducive to keeping the, the heat from – you know, when you go into a fire, it's keeping the heat away from you so that you don't get burned. And right. When you're out, you're out in the elements. Everything is enclosed, so it's it's a true. It's just the capsule of the fire suit, so I don't have all the little layers on underneath. Sure. But it does not breathe at all. So then it would be smart for you to do all of your events in the winter time. Then, right? Is that, a, is that a is that a tactical you can't advantage? Can't swim that well. <laughs> well, there is that. The oh, ice, man. the ice dies. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, classic conundrum. So. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty lofty, uh, set of accomplishments. And of course we can look behind you and see your, um, all your, your, your medals and trophies of things. And, um, quite a few, I mean, there's more than there's a, at least there's, a few. There's, there's more than seven, um, for the people who were just listening, who aren't watching, but yeah, I mean that you've, you've done this a time of, yeah, <laughs> nice decoration. Yeah. Not too shabby. Everyone yeah. likes a 
metal and, and such. Um, well, let's – I mean there's so many avenues. There's so many things we can talk about, and we didn't really – we didn't really flesh any of this out beforehand. I kind of wanted to be off the cuff and, you know, we'll see where it takes us. And, you know, I think maybe the place to start would be, you know, what got you into becoming a fireman to begin with? Because I think that's kind of the foundation as we as we go through and, and tell your story. I think it's going to a lot of it is going to hinge on that fact. So, you know, was that something that as a kid you're like, ah, I want to be a fireman or did you learn that later on in life or where did that come into play? It kind of came on later in life because I initially went to college and I played uh, college basketball and then I played water polo, um, kind of two different weird sports. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> And then I, I had no real clue of what I wanted to do. You know, I was going to college and I didn't really have a path that I wanted to go down. And so firefighting kind of came into the mix of, you know, I went to a fire academy and was like, I, I like this. I like this being part of you know, this, this camaraderie, this, this something that's super dynamic that every time you go to work, it's something different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's physical, it's, uh, emotional, everything that what that I loved about competitiveness was in the fire service, but it's put to that next level of life or death. This yeah. Is. The stakes are considerably higher. You know, you know, you're not just, Oh man, the game's on the line, the championships or whatever. It's like, Hey man, like there are people in there. We got to get them out. We got to put this building, you know, we got to put the wet stuff on the red stuff as, yeah, uh, exactly. as you like to say, <laughs> um, or else things are going to be really bad, really fast. And exactly. so, I mean, I, 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 you know, have a ton of respect for the guys that are willing to take that level of competitiveness to, you know, or take their competitiveness to that next level. Right. Cause it's, right. you know, it's one thing to play sports in college it's another thing to play sports professionally but at the end of the day you're still playing a game like even as a fighter uh, the repercussions are really not that high you know if i have a bad day if you're a fireman and you have a bad day man that is there are severe consequences to that and so for the people to willingly make that choice man that i i think that's i think it's commendable and i think you know a lot of you guys don't always get the respect you deserve for that and it's and it's hard because it's you know as a profession and and I start my twentieth year in October, um, in the profession and as you grow through the profession it's interesting because, you know a lot of things that I that I do nowadays and a lot of things that I um, am combating nowadays you know when you're young you're full of piss and vinegar and you, yeah. you just wanted to run into every burning building save every cat or turtle, you know it was it was it was important. Oh my hamster! You know? oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it didn't even matter what it was. It was, it was something that you were just like, you know, wanting to go in and do. And as you get longer in your career, everything weighs on you more. And and you know that from the show uh, when we talked is everything weighs on you mentally and physically. Like my body isn't what it used to be. My mind is is shot. You know, it's it's. Um, everything is just multiplied and so as a career it's 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 a fascinating career because there's so many dynamic things that can happen to you as you go through it and i think you know as it's it's a macho career you know that's the one thing that we're talking about it's you know and as i am only you know i'm 41 but i'm an old man in the industry yeah yeah well and i think that there's there's something to you know that nugget of guys that have gone through and you know 
are the old man in a profession where typically it's geared around younger folks. I think there's a lot to glean from that um, because, hey, whether we like to admit it or not, we're all getting older. You know what I mean? Some right. of us who are listening are already there and we're going to continue to get older until the day we die. And that's, you know, that's a hard thing to deal with facing that mortality and the reality that, hey, man, the, the person that you thought you were is no longer who you are, good, bad or whatever. And, and you know, coping with that, I think, is really important. And some some folks do it better than others. Some people can never come to grips with like, hey, man, I'm not that 20 something year old kid that could you know, jump out of buildings and do all the crazy stuff that I could do. And I think that that weighs, you know, like you were saying, it can really weigh on us if we don't find a way to reconcile, you know, our expectations with our actual reality. Oh, completely. Um, You said it. So I I think you said it very well in the, you know, in grasping the mortality. And when people hear mortality, they think death, right? It's really the mortality of, of, um, who you are at that moment. So like me as a, as a fireman, uh, the mortality is going to be at a certain point and I'm going to have to now turn to going, well, what's Rob going to do next? Yeah. And I think that's, that is ultimately scary because, you know, identifying as, you know, that strong individual, now you're retired or you're having to do something else because your body and your mind can't catch up with what you want to (laughs) do. That's, that's a tough, a tough cycle to go down. And I think there's, you know, there's a lot of similarities in the military sure. that, um, you know, hard charging, you've got, you know, you're the back of the person next to you and you come home and it's not like that in society anymore. And so there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of similarities in that. Um, mm-hmm. and it's finding that next, that's why I love what you're doing is because, you know, a lot of times we, we see, um, you know, you see a career as a fireman and it's hard when you leave because what's my identity now? Yeah. Yeah. And we struggle with this. I struggle with this. I mean, that was the whole, as we discussed, like that was the whole idea of me even coming on the show was trying to come to grips with, Hey, I've been a fighter and a competitive athlete my entire life. I know at some point I'm no longer going to be able to do that. Then what? And then how, how do I define who I am if I'm no longer Josh the fighter? And, and I think a lot of guys go through that regardless of their profession and regardless of how intense that may or may not be, whether it's military or, you know, firefighting or whatever. Um, we, we all have to figure that out. And I think, you know, the, the ones who can very, I don't know, um, cleanly close that chapter and start another chapter right. are the ones that, that, that are able to transition more successfully. Right. And, and they can realize like, Hey man, this isn't the end of my life. Right? right. You know, this is just the mortality of this phase. This phase is over. Now I'm, you know, starting a new chapter or hell, I might be writing a completely new book, you know, right. exactly. And, 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 and that that's okay. And I think, you know, being able to let go of the old for the new, um, is is the real challenge because again and that was what i that what i came to like it's it's it was way easier for me to just like cling to fighting because that's what i knew right Right. as opposed to let go of that and then move into this other thing which is you know the the world of small business and you know e-commerce and entrepreneurship and all this stuff it's like man that's the unknown like it's pretty scary yeah and there's no and there's no win or loss column 
I think that's yeah. the hard thing with the competitiveness. You 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 have the win, you lost, lost column. You have your statistics, everything like that. Now you get into a uh, a chapter in your life where you go, well, what's a win? What's yeah. a loss? You know what what the hell what you know what am I moving forward for? Yeah, that's, and that, that's yeah. I well and that and that's the thing, right? There's so many ways to get lost or trapped along the way, right? There's so many ways that we can stumble because we don't know where we're going. Right. And, and so it's, it, it's great. And I've been pretty fortunate to align myself and, and be around guys that were able to make that transition. And so I could kind of see what they did, um, and, and learn some of the lessons and then take that and apply it to myself. And I think, right. you know, as, as men, as we're getting to that age, and I think a lot of our listeners are probably either in that stage or have already gone through that stage. Um, I think it's important that we find those people that we can, you know, look to and for some advice or some inspiration or just to lean on and have someone to, to talk about it with. And that was what, one of the things that was really cool about being on the show is, man, we had some really solid dudes, oh, yeah. you know, they were, we were all kind of going through that weird transition phase. And I think we were, um, really pretty well able to help each other work through that, which was really cool considering was, we were all strangers going into it. And it was interesting because, you know, and and I think one of the biggest things, because I always look back on that and I, you know, when everything is stripped away from you, when all the all the bullshit and all the crap that, you know, is normal in life is stripped away, like the social media and everything that that kind of clouds the judgment mm -hmm. and you have just honest conversation without the 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 fear of recourse um, from your opinions, that's when you start to grow. And I think that's what we had is we had talk around, you know, after working our butts off the entire day and hoping that we didn't freeze at night and not having no food, you know, little water that tasted like crap because we had to freaking boil it all the time. We had nothing that was comfortable. And so yeah. we were able to strip aside that comfort that we usually have in our home um, and get to the real meat of what we needed. And, but how do you do that when you don't have an island to sit on? For yeah, <laughs> right. And, and that is the hard part, right? Like, how do we actively strip away all the superfluous nonsense, right? Because that's, I mean, mm -hmm. our lives are filled with so much, you know, random stuff. We're bombarded with it every day. How do we find ways to remove that to get to ultimately what's real? Because that's what we, we came to, right? right? When we're out there, oh. we're on this we're on this TV show doing the survival challenge um, up in British Columbia, right? We're out there for days on end just trying to not die and not freeze to death. Um, all of a sudden, it becomes really clear the things that matter, you know, and, and, and it gives you a unique perspective that I think we all were able to bring back. And, and hopefully most of us are still kind of applying that to our day to day. I know. You know, I still need a reminder every once in a while for the first few days, for the first few weeks, months being back. Yeah. It was it was still very it was still very fresh in my mind. And like, dude, I took nothing for granted. Right. Like like having a and I'm sure you did as well. Yeah, having a exactly. warm bed, having your bed to sleep in, being able to get up, walk over to the bathroom, turn on a faucet and have water, go down the fridge, be able to see my wife and my kids, all these things that were mm -hmm. removed. Yeah. It was like, I can't believe, I mean, it was amazing. You know, yeah. it was this almost like being, you know, reborn 
right and get given a second chance like everything was removed and stripped away and it's like huh i have it back now okay yeah how long now did I'm it take to get uh it was funny because you know how long did it take to get back in the routine of not being as thankful for that stuff yeah i man i'd say i'd say within six months a lot of that was lost you know yeah yeah it's crazy i mean you know that long that intense of an ordeal and within a matter of months you're right you fall right back into the same old habits and you know i'm getting frustrated and annoyed with stuff that again really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things you know and like i came back with so much like inner peace you know i was like dude like (laughs) nothing will ever rattle my cage ever after this and then then and then all of a sudden i wake up i'm like dude i'm pissed off at my wife like what happened i was this freaking zen master for for a while exactly and then it's gone and 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 i think that that actually you know i i i think it's a natural thing i mean it just goes to show that if you if we put ourselves in comfort for too long we'll fall back into those habits and that's to me, that's the, you know, all the better case right. to say, hey, you need to regularly challenge yourself. You can't just have one life experience. Say, okay, got <laughs> yeah. it. I'm good. I figured yeah. it out. I went. I went to the mountain, and you know, I talked to the guy up there, and he gave me the secret, and now I got it. It's like, yeah, dude, we we forget really fast, um, right. and so we have to go out and we have to do more hard shit to remind ourselves. Oh yeah, this is what it feels like. This is what it feels like to suffer and have that stuff taken away from me. And you know, it, it gives you that sense of gratitude that it's really easy to lose in 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 our everyday lives. That's so true. That's so true. And it's it was interesting to for me. It was like, you know, getting back into it. I was waking up every morning, making the kids breakfast, enjoying the time, and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And all of a sudden, you just fall back into that. And it was. It was sad because it was like, you know, you shouldn't have to be able, you should be able to block out a lot of the noise. You know, we figured out how to, but you can't put yourself in those situations that, you know, that's not a, that's not a, a normal thing to go out in the no. wilderness. No, it is. Well, not in this day. It used to be, right? right? You know, I think a lot of the problems of our society, you know, are the result of our technological advances. And, you know, it's, it's great that we're, to the point that we are, but it comes with some negative effects, right? I yep. think a lot of the stuff, the issues that, that people have, you didn't see as much of it, you know, a few hundred years ago because people were just busy trying not to die. They couldn't, they didn't have time to think and worry about all this extra stuff um, that, that we now throw on our plates and, and now are shouldering the burden of trying to, to figure out. And we call it stress. And we call it stress, and it's a real <laughs> thing. But, I mean, there's also stress that, like, okay, the stress of, hey, I need to go and find things to eat, and I need to go and source my water. And, oh, yeah, by the way, I need to keep this fire going because yep. it's pouring down raining, and if it goes out, it's going to take me forever to get it back going again. Those are stresses, but it's it's interesting how – but they're real, right? They're real. They're, we're, yeah. not, we're not creating, you know, fictional yep. – stresses like we do today because now we have the luxury to sit and ponder and you know tell all these stories to ourselves of all these things that may or may not happen you know we're fabricating because they haven't come true but i know hey man if i don't get this fire started i will 100 percent freeze to death tonight right period and we'll have no water because 
And that's, you know, it's all, you know, the more that I think about it and I, I, you know, having been on that show and all the, all the other things is, you know, it, it truly comes down to perspective and Mm -hmm. your perspective of your purpose. And that's, you know, that's such a powerful thing when you talk about purpose, because it's, you know, I, I always talk about purpose and passion because it's something that you're willing to die for, you know, your passion. Yeah. And a lot of people would say my family and everything, but at the end of the day, what what are you willing to do to make that a priority? You know, are you willing to, you know, how are you going to make that? Because everybody's passionate about their family. Everybody feels that passion, you know, but it's something that makes you whole. And I think yeah. that's what that's what you have to look at. You have to look at a smaller thing that's that's truly yours. And a lot of people say, Oh, well, that's selfish. It's like, no, that's not selfish. Cause if you don't grow, you're not going to help anybody else. Right. Well, and you know, this, this, this idea of complete selflessness, right. No, it isn't. It isn't. I mean, there, there are, there are certain things that, that we have to do for ourselves to keep going. We cannot, you know, none of us can be completely selfless indefinitely because we'll just end up shriveling and die like you have to be able to do things for yourself um and so by extension that means that you know i mean we can look at that on the micro thing of like okay i have to eat i have to breathe i have to do this to stay alive but when we're talking about you know our our purpose you know what fills our soul that's an important thing as well and if we neglect that for too long things start to go you know, pretty squirrely for us. Um, you know, and, and, and the, the hard part is, is it's easy to tell ourselves we're doing the right thing because, oh man, I'm putting my family first, you know, that's, that's my passion. And it's like, yeah, but you're doing it at the expense of yourself. And eventually you're just going to be a empty husk. And at that point you are no good to your family and therefore you're actually doing them a disservice. You know what I mean? So the tricky part is figuring out, okay, where is that line? Because it's, it's really easy for me. I can take that selfish route and really run it, you know, pretty far, you know, for me, filling my soul for the longest time was, was training, right? Right. Training and competing and fighting. And so that was my passion. Everything was built around that often to the, to the detriment of my friends and family, you know, but what if you didn't have that? I think that's that's where it comes into play is, you know, you can equate it to like a car. So if I fill my car, my fancy car up with um, gas that's not the right kind of gas, so it's like your body. If I'm filling my body with a purpose that's not really the driving purpose in my life, same thing as, as a car. If I don't fill it up with the right gas, it's not going to run well, right? Sure. Same yeah. thing with your body and, and your mind is that if I'm if – I'm, filling myself with a purpose that's BS, a purpose that's somebody else's, a purpose that doesn't really have anything that's going to drive me past that comfort zone, it's your car is going to break down. Oh yeah, no, for sure. How and, you know, in the same token, if I if I run that car too long, too hard in the red line <laughs> without without do, performing any kind of maintenance on it, I'm not going to go very far either. And for me, that's, that was kind of the way that I was going where, you know, yes, this was my passion. Yes, this was fulfilling me, but you know, I was going excessively in that direction selfishly. Right. right? And not, and not striking that balance. 
and and that can be the hard part you know too little and you're left empty too much and you throw a rod you know because right. you're going too hard so <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean so it's like that's okay where point. where that's is that point. fine line and that's you know i think that's the the stasis that that most of us are finding ourselves in where it's like okay man i'm where's my left and right limit and can i keep can i keep it in between there and am i am i sensitive to my surroundings enough to know when i'm getting too far one way or too far the other and that's for me that's where i think my own perspective comes in but the outside perspective i think is really helpful that's where having some other dudes who know you and who you trust they can look and they can say hey man i don't know if you know this or not but um you haven't changed your oil in like <laughs> 6000 miles just saying man i know you're using that high mileage stuff and you can stretch it but might want to consider you know what i mean i mean we're, we're using oh, the I car analogy right, no i but, completely agree with uh, cuz you know like i got that guinness world record and it's interesting because you know I, i've used that the avenue of triathlon from to help me deal with, uh, you know, PTSD and help me deal with just the issues that I have and, and trying to be a better person for my family and myself. And, um, it's interesting cause I go out there and I'm able to inspire people by what I do. And, you know, for the longest time I didn't truly understand it. And I did a race, uh, in February in New Zealand and, uh, I hadn't done a race in a long time. And, uh, I went and did it and it was interesting. I finished a race with like probably about 10 minutes to go uh, before midnight. You have 17 hours to finish the whole race. I finished it in 16 hours and 50 minutes um, for a full Ironman. And it was, wasn't the finish line. It's like, you know, I have all these medals up there, but they're more for, you know, reminding me of, uh, you know, why I'm here. It's not of, you know, yay, yay me because the races it was the journey that i took it was the pain that i felt during that race that made me feel alive it was that i was pushing that envelope finding that Uh comfort zone and saying you know fuck off i'm gonna go to that next level yeah that's the key is like you know i'm sure that was the same with fighting is that you know not a lot of people want to walk into a ring and go hey uh, let's try to beat each other up here. <laughs> you know, that's well, and, and different. Yeah, I, I think the key, I mean, you know, with, with endurance stuff and I think with, with fighting to some degree as well is there's a lot of opportunities to quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, literally at, at any moment, you know, during the course of that, you could have that conversation with yourself of like, you know what, man, I, I, I think I could be done. Right. And the the what we can gain is when we are able to, like you said, silence that voice and say, nope, sorry, you're we're going to keep going, you know, and the more we can train ourselves and practice that, I think the more value we have, the more value it has and the more resilient we can become, which, again, ultimately makes us better individuals. You know, the more resilient we are to quitting when when shit gets hard the more capable we become of doing anything, you know, and that's, I think that's what, you know, why you inspire so many people to do what you're doing because it is so hard and so many people would quit. It would never even attempt something as audacious as, you know, that, that level of exertion. And yet as a man, as a mere mortal, 
you have to deal with the same mental stuff to, to keep you going. And that's the, that's the part that people can really respect and, and, you know, be inspired by, but it, you know, so we need, we need people to do that, you know, right. You, you hit it. You, and, and you hit it on the head and the fact that, you know, going back to that, the, the, the purpose part is that you were saying to, to the effect of you have to find that uncomfortable zone, that challenge in your life. And, the uncomfortable is not always something that people are willing to go to or, or are able to find. They they find the normal every day as uncomfortable. Whereas like when we were on that show, it was uncomfortable because it was really came to life and death. It yeah. came to you have to do this or else it's not gonna work. And that's that's that, you know, I think everyday people, whether you're working in an office or you're a firefighter or you're a police officer or, you know, whatever it is, small business owner, you have to look at the problems and the challenges that you go as is, is this uncomfortable or is this just a little bump? Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's where people can start to grow more is, is to start to sit there and identify and not just moan and bitch and complain about every every little thing right. and just go okay let me sit down and say is getting a paper cut because i've done too many tps reports truly an issue <laughs> yeah is this is this enough that should totally ruin my day yeah you know what i mean and, and completely you know derail me from what i'm doing i just i just can't even i'm, I'm done with it right and and that all comes back to perspective right right Yep. But we, the only way we can gain perspective is through experience, right? Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I, the only perspective I have is my I immediate situation, yeah. right? Yep. And so if I have nothing else to, to draw upon to then look at it from another angle, then, then all I see is that problem in front of me. But if I can approach it and all of a sudden I can shift and I go, oh, wait a minute. Okay. That now i can see some solutions and again the more experience i have to draw from the more angles i can look at a problem the more likely i am to come up with a solution if that yeah. makes sense oh completely um, and your solution instead of somebody else's because that's the hard thing is like for you you know definitely something that i gained from you was the perspective of of patience and uh, you know on that show is like i you know that first that when we were first out there i I'm not good with quiet situations. I either have to have music on, I have to have a TV show, podcast, sure. whatever it is. I'm not good in my own head. And that's why, you know, when I do Ironman triathlons, it's good for me because I have to be in my own head and I have to I have to have that the internal conversation that I don't like to have. Yeah. And that's more painful than any kind of physical pain that yeah. you could put on me. You could break sure. my arm and my leg. I'd be fine with that, but put me in a room for an hour by myself without anything else that's that's torture that's torture yeah. well and, and and i was gonna say you know speaking of being uncomfortable and i was gonna bring up being you know so we get dropped off in a helicopter at the top of a mountain and just told to simply wait yeah. and endure <laughs> and it's like what Do what does what? that what, what does that mean you're like, yeah, you know, we get this little scroll and it's like super cryptic and ambiguous. And like, I mean, I don't know, you know, it's, we're looking at, looking at you, looking at Sean. It's like, I don't know, man. It just says to sit here and wait. Well, for how long? I don't know. Yeah. I thought this was a survival show. I it kind of. Well, I mean, if we're doing survival, I'm not just going to sit on this open 
rock at the top of a mountain. You know, <laughs> dude, it's going to get dark. It's going to get cold. We need shelter. We need all these things. It's like, nope, Squirrel says to sit and wait. And and, and I remember that being yep. like just you know incredibly brutal. difficult. I mean, and it was, right? It was in its yep. own right, but not – you know, but for you, not for the reasons that everyone else would have problems with. Yeah. You're, the issue was, oh man, I can't do anything. I just have to be here and I have to be inside my own head. And, you know, I think, I, I don't think that that's, you know, completely unique to you, Rob. I think, no. I think a lot of people, that's something that they struggle with. Um, for me, I've spent my entire life in my own head. Um, which has its own problem. <laughs> you know, it can be problematic in its own way, but like I'm very comfortable just be, you know, like being alone with my thoughts. I don't need any stimulus. I can just, I can just be there, right? Right. Um, oh yeah. And 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 in some some respect, I relish that, right? And I I need that more than I actually get it. Um, but I think for a lot of us, we've grown so accustomed to getting constant feedback from things and now when we're out that we don't whoa what do i do right and then when you right. have when you have someone who has gone through and experienced the things that you've seen and you've done um you know and 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 you know we're all dealing with with stuff that we that we probably haven't completely unpacked and right. fully figured out yet you know compound that with your, you know, your scenario, and now all of a sudden, man, that becomes a really, really uncomfortable situation. Um, yeah. And I, and I think that would probably be a good segue to give a little bit, little bit of backstory, um, because some of the folks may not have seen the TV show, um, or they may not know your history. So, um, you know, if if you would, I mean, this is part of the reason why I wanted to bring you on um, for this timing was because you know you were there at at you know, 9-11, um, I mean, at ground zero in there. Um, and, and obviously this is, we're coming up on that anniversary and, and, you know, I wanted to talk about this because, you know, we, it's easy to say, Hey, let's never forget this. Right. And you'll see, right. you'll see so many pictures going up. So many posts saying you'll never forget. And, and, you know, always remember and all these things. Um, but I think that's easy to say, and then we post that, and then we go about our day. We're not really remembering it, right. um, and we're not, and I don't think that we're remembering it in the way that it needs to be remembered. In that, yes, this was a tragic event, but from those ashes, we were able to come out to the other side, and and now here we are, right? right. And I think it would be a disservice to all of those who sacrificed and lost their lives that day to not take the and, and and show the gratitude for us actually being here and coming through the other side not only ourselves individually in, individually but also as a nation the fact that our nation was able to work through that catastrophic event um right. and so you know you personally you're you're probably the closest person that i know to that and so um you know man i i i know this is probably not the easiest thing to talk about in the world but i'd love to just get you know get some of your perspective on the scenario and you know both literally and figuratively figuratively what you kind of took away from that because we'll we'll segue into that takeaway in a, in a minute you know yeah so i was 23 years old when that happened um i had been on the fire department for one year 
and uh, the morning of 9-11, uh, I was working shift at the fire department, and um, we had a fire that evening, or that morning, I should say, and we got back, and, you know, being a rookie, I was, I went up and was getting ready, you know, cleaning off, getting everything ready, and um, at the time, uh, I was listening to the radio in the shower, and heard that, you know, one of the trade towers had been hit. And, you know, didn't really think anything of it. I mean, I was 23, dumb, you know, <laughs> just not not thinking fully. And then uh, came down and um, was watching the TV. And then the other trade tower was hit. And you could see the plane going into it. And I was a part of a rescue team. And um, there was no flights or anything that you could take. So I just took uh, my uh, purple little Saturn car and uh, drove out to New York City. And got there and uh, just went right to work on the pile um it was more search and recovery and at 23 i had no idea what to expect and walking up there it, it looked like a movie scene i think that was the the only way i've been able to tell people what it, it looked like a movie scene you had the big lights up and you didn't really understand if it was day or night um just working around the clock there was a group of recliners i always remember that was um just off of the pile that people would sleep in but there was nobody ever sleeping in them um because right next to that was on they had wrote, wrote uh morgue next to it but there was nobody in that either and so it was it was just surreal it was one of those experiences you know you had heavy machinery work and you had um people from all over you know it, it was everybody was working together you had um yeah it was <laughs> It's, it's always interesting to uh, remember things because I, uh, you know, for so long I tried to forget it. And then you, you have flashbacks that are little memories of things here and there. And um, for so long I wasn't able to deal with what I had went, what I had seen and what I had been through. Um, you know, and, and some of the stories I always told were like the 10,000 foot level. And yeah. that's what you, that's what you always hear. You know, you hear the ten thousand foot level of yeah, I was there, and you know, we went through the rubble, and you'd sleep in different areas of the rubble, and um, but yeah, there's you know one of the one of the things I always uh, tell people and remember is um, one of the days I was working on the pile and I walked off and they had the porta potties. It was set in front of one of these one of the buildings. Um, just off the World Trade Center, um, you know, area. And there was rebar that was uh, shot into the glass. All the glass was pretty much broken out. You'd have I-beams that are hanging into the building. And I went in the porta potty and I had a jumpsuit on. And I went in there and then I came out. And as I'm walking back to where I was supposed to be working, um, I pissed my pants. And it was one of those things at the time I was like, fuck, you know, but it's where you can go to mentally. Like I had thought I went to the bathroom already. Yeah. And I walked out and I, and I just went all over. And you know, that's the level of that. Everybody was there. That wasn't yeah. just me. Sure. And that's, well, yeah. I mean, trauma like that is something that we that we hope that we never have to experience because, I mean, I, I can't imagine, but that it's so much to process that your mind is no longer 
in in a normal state, right? You are it's you are in, a, in a, just a it's in a survival state, but like to a magnitude that that most of us would never be able to comprehend, right? And so right. trying to operate within that, you know, I mean, your your faculties and everything are, are going to be just completely out of sort. But it does. I mean, that I think that makes it really real for the folks that obviously haven't had that experience like you can imagine like man how crazy and intense and 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 shook up would you have to be to not recognize that you didn't piss in the porter john and you actually peed your pants while you were out of it and it's like okay yeah that that man that that tells a really you know visceral story of like the intensity of that of that situation um was there was there any point as you were going through there? Like I imagine, man, like I, I imagine looking at that, and you've got this just insurmountable task in front of you. Man, was there a point of just like complete abject hopelessness of just like, man, this is an exercise in futility, and this is, you know what I mean? Were, were there were those moments of doubts, or did you did you feel so strongly about? you know, what you were doing that you were like, you know what, man, it, I, this is what has to be done. And it doesn't matter if I'm here for the next 10 years of my life, sifting through this, like, so be it. I mean, what, how, what was the thought process there? I think in the moment, I, I remember one of the times when, um, I was, I was tagged up with, uh, one of the, ta one of the USAR task force and we were certain they, they did such an amazing job with, uh, like, segmenting gridding off the areas and you'd have certain areas that you'd be going through and every and every once in a while you'd see some of the fdny guys and i i can't i can't even imagine what they were going through as well i mean that that kind of lost 343 fire firemen that were you know firefighters that were lost um that's uh, i can't even imagine that just being and, that close to home, like your home right. turf, like your people, because it's you know, I mean, we're and you, you feel know, bad, you feel bad because there's a there's you know, I, I think the mentality is that, well, should have that been me, or should you know, could have I helped out, could have something changed differently if I was there, and that's that's that family, uh, that family yeah. feeling that you have, and you know, I remember. Um, uh, a crew I can't remember what engine crew they were but um, they were going through and we were searching one of the grids and they came by and they said have you found anything over here this is where their truck was this is where this is where it was and yeah. you know we're asking we're like what what do you you know what are you guys looking for and they're like you know this is this is where it was this is where they were and it was so hard to try I'm 23 years old you know, yeah. I, I don't have the life experience at this point to have any kind of cognitive um, function that's going to be good enough to help these individuals. Well, and, and yeah, I mean, you want you want so desperately to to comfort these to find guys. anything to, to find to anything. do to do anything that's productive, and whether that's physically, tangibly finding something, or just giving a kind word, you know what I mean, to 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 help in some way, and 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 that's why you know I. I it would be tough at that age and in that circumstance to feel anything but but helpless and then the fact that we've got so many of of these guys that are there and despite all that despite the odds despite the circumstances 
they're still doing their job. Do you know what I mean? Doing what they're supposed to, man. I mean, that's to me, that's one of the things that's worth remembering, you know, of like, you know, the human spirit, the American spirit that like, hey, we've got I, say what you want about where we're at as a country. but We've right. got some fucking stellar, outstanding individuals here that will at the drop of a hat drive across the country or go headlong into the storm to do the job that needs to be done. And I think that that's that that for me that's the was, takeaway. A, was an important takeaway you know what i mean right. where it's like you know and and that's the part that i always remember is like hey those guys are still around we still have those guys and you know i'll be damned if i'm gonna let anything happen to that it's best of my ability like i want to prop up and keep those guys memory keep those guys existence like we can't lose those guys like for mm -hmm. our society to function we got to have those people you know, so again, I don't care what direction, what side you want to vote or where your political allegiances lie. Like, man, as long as we have guys like that in our world, we're going to be fine. The second those die out and go away, man, we're up the creek. And you that's know, so that. Yeah. And that's the big thing. You know, you're talking about the takeaway. And, you know, for so many freaking years, I, I can't even, you know, I've went through two marriages and. The hard part is, is finding yourself. And we were talking about that selfish adventure. And, you know, I had to create something in my mind to be able to figure out how I take this negative, this, you know, doing bucket brigades and, you know, knowing what was in those buckets and some of the things, you know, there's a lot of things that you take away that were negative from that day and a lot of, um, changes in my life uh, you know coming back from that at, at 23 years old that I didn't understand and years and years and years later taking away when people would ask me you know like what was it like and and you know you you say you know there'll be a ton of people of with the never forget and that's fine never forget but never forget that that day we learned what humanity truly can do when we work together, we never forget that that day should be the same way. You know, somebody said a quote one time and they said, I wish every day was like September 12th. Yeah. And not because of that incident, but because of how we treated each other. Nobody was, you know, everybody worked towards a common goal of moving forward and surviving. And we talked about this earlier, you know, being on that show is, Everything was stripped away from us. Our security, yeah. our feeling of, of anything. And security yeah. is one of those big things. That's comfort. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, perspective, right? All of a sudden, you know, the entire nation woke up and had an entirely different perspective on things. Yeah. You know, and, and like we were saying, unfortunately, over time, just like you and I did with the perspective of the TV show and what we learned on that survival thing – we, we forget, you know, I mean, it's just it's it's a sad fact of human nature. Like we we have very selective memories and very short memories of, you know, when times are bad. And it's a it's right. a coping mechanism. It's it just it's a natural thing and we can fight it as much as we want to. Um, but but that's just the way things are. And so, you know, either we can be forced to. By some external, you know, influence be put in that situation and right. then we get per if we and if we survive 
we gain some kind of perspective um, or we can selectively put ourselves in trying difficult, uncomfortable situations to gain that perspective. Right. And hopefully if we do that, then then we don't have to do the other side where we're forced into it because the outcome right. of that is generally far more negative. You know, right. and I think I think that, you know, on a macro scale, that's important. But I think, you know, for the individual, that's important as well. You know, we need those little that we when may not always little, but we need some of those uncomfortable challenges as right. a reminder of like, hey, it can always be worse. You and know, I think, yeah. And I think, you know, one of the big things that I, you know, definitely want to uh, hit on is, you know, perspective of of um, uh, challenges. I think, you know, I think there's a lot of issues with um, a lot of people uh, feeling that in our career field, like especially in the fire department and, and I think in the military as well, is that, you know, for a lot of years, I felt like what I went through was not worse than what somebody else had went through, so I shouldn't talk about it. Um, yep. My pain was minimal compared to what other somebody else had, and I think in our fields, in this you know, in this macho field, you know, in this is you know, you think about I I, I like the savage gentleman of of we're all part of a community. We're all a part of something that's bigger than us and each of us has a life a journey a, a experiences we react to things differently we act different ways we have different levels of emotion that we go through and we can't put on somebody else you know like something like what marcus luttrell went through like lone survivor you know that's that's just off the charts crazy experience like his level of understanding of the the importance of little things in life is crazy but that yeah. doesn't mean that um you know joe smith who has worked you know and i'm not picking any any fields or anything like that right. but just uh, in finance that mm -hmm. his challenges are not valid right it doesn't negate someone else's struggle and that's exactly. the thing that you know that's the thing we have to remember is like you know, it's very easy for us to project our own existence onto someone else, but there's no way of knowing what that person is going through. Right. And to him, it could be, you know, on the same level of that as that lone survivor situation. And you don't know that. And there's, you know, so it's like, hey, man, suffice to say, everyone is going through something. Everyone has been through something to what degree, to what extent. It's not Nobody our judgment knows. to do. Right. Yeah. And, and and that applies to ourselves too because, again, it's it's really easy to write off and explain away, you right. know, like, uh, you know, that kind of sucked, but it wasn't as bad as, you know, the way this guy had it. And then we don't validate our own experience. Or pain. Or pain. And then yeah. – and that and so then we don't confront it. And that becomes, again, another problem in and of itself. And right. um, I, I – I wanted to touch on this a little bit because for me, this was one of the most powerful takeaways I had from the TV show um, in our experience out there. And they, I, I, I wish that the actual airing and the, the final cut, um, the way they edited it would have reflected this better or highlighted it more because it was, it was just so profound. Um, going back to 
again, other people's experiences, right? When I met you on the show, you had this, you had this thing. It's like, man, I can't be alone with my thoughts because I've what I've been through. And I'm like, well, dude, I get that, man. But I feel like that's probably something you're going to need to figure out. You know, I can't do it for you, but I might, you might want to look into that, you know, and, and, and that, you know, and then that was, that was enhanced when you told the story of the, the blanket that you found. So in that search mission, while you're there and you're going through the rubble, you, you came across a child's blanket that you took a small piece of and kept with you. Mm-hmm. And it, dude, that just was just an absolute gut punch hearing that story. I was just like, oh my gosh, I could not believe that. And then out of your pocket comes a small piece of that, the actual blanket that was there, you know, for 15, 16 years, 17 years or something at that time. You still had it, and you explained. You're like, yeah, dude, I took this on every single race. I mean, every single one of those medals that is behind you, mm-hmm. that thing was with you. And I was, man, I was, I was so torn because that's like such a beautiful and endearing expression, right? And at the same time, I'm looking at it of like, he's been holding on to all of that all of that pain and all of that hurt and that entire thing for so long. Like, I mean the physical embodiment of holding on to it, you know right. what I mean? And, and granted, yeah. granted the weight of that, you know, it was only a couple of ounces, but you could see like visibly see the weight of that, you know, was astronomical that you carried around, you know? Yeah, and, 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 and I think a lot of us do that, you know, in, in a lot of different ways we carry around, you know, from whatever experiences we've gone through, we, we keep it with us. And so I was like, look, I, I can't tell this guy what to do. It's just, just in my own thought. And I don't know if yeah. I told you this or not. No, uh, <laughs> I didn't hear this. Uh, but like, I'm thinking, I'm like, man, he, he's got to let go of that thing. I, I don't know if it's here. I don't know when, I don't know where, I don't know how, but it's like, man, for him, you know, knowing that yeah. like, okay, guy, the guy's got some serious, you know, PTSD issues. He has a hard time being alone in his thoughts. And it's like, well, of course he's holding on to all this, all this stuff and not in a positive way, in a bad way. Right. And I was like, man, he's got to let go and he's got to get rid of that thing. But, but again, it's like, man, that's not my place to say that, you know, so I didn't, so I didn't, you know, I kept that to myself. So we finished that mission. Um, I was super impressed. You made it through. (laughs) <laughs> suffering and, and, and just suffering. being quiet being quiet and just in your own alone thoughts. And then the next mission we got split up and you went with a different group of guys. You were with uh yeah. JD yeah. and Sean, yep. right? And so you did your thing, I'm out surviving doing my thing. And then we come back and we regroup and then these guys tell me the story. They're like, dude, you're not gonna believe what happened. I said, What? Remember that? Remember that blanket that, that Rob had? Yeah. And here I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, my gosh, dude. Yeah, that freaking blanket, dude. That's that's tough, man. They're like, yeah, so just one night while we are out there, he just unsolicited on his own. He's like, you know what, guys? I think it's time for me to let go of this thing. And you literally put that in the fire, yeah. you know? And, like, what what better symbolic thing, like, from the ashes 
committing it back to the ashes. You know what I mean? And it's like, and, 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 you know, hearing that story, hearing you tell it and, and, you know, like an asshole, I just told your story for you. No, but I let rule number one one of like podcasting. You don't, you don't do that. No, that's, but that's the thing, you know, that was, that was a huge part of my, my life. And, you know, for you to tell it back, it even makes me feel better in the fact that that was, that was that, you know, it's not, not saying validation, but it is a validation that, you know, that was something that was very trying for me. That was, that was my identity for the longest time of, you know, you got to live each day, you got to live with purpose. And it's, it's always interesting. Like you said, you know, I didn't, you didn't want to step in and say, Hey, you got to get rid of that. And it's interesting because, you know, that night that I put it into the fire, you know, JD was talking and Sean and I were talking and we were were talking about a lot of the traumas that we'd had in our lives and we were, we were tearing down barriers and because these guys are also vets. I mean, they've seen, they've seen all kinds of crazy stuff as well. So, I mean, it was, I mean, what a a great group, like I was really happy that you guys got paired together because I think that was, you know, really important. Yeah. And it was, it was tearing down those walls and, and like JD would say, you know, win a moment, you know, uh, win a minute, win an hour, win a day, you know, and it was interesting just hearing the stories and like what we were all carrying with us. And then it was that realization that you had you had thought of, and it was like you know I I just need to get rid of this because it's not this isn't pushing me forward I'm pushing myself forward, and it was that realization that my purpose is I'm still alive, you know I have a, a reason to keep going, you know until I'm until I'm dead there's you know. I have to keep going. I have to keep moving forward. I have to keep doing something because I'm here. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. And that Absolutely. was, yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's funny. Cause it's like, you know, I always, the hardest part in life is, is uh, being honest with somebody else when they don't know what to do. Cause we fear that like, I, if you would have came up to me and said, you know what, you need to get rid of that. That probably would have, I would have went, you're right. You know, and it's, well, it's in, interesting. Well, in, in fairness, in, well, because, I mean, here's the thing. I had literally only known you for, man, 18 hours. That was that a point. long 18 hours, though, brother. It was a long 18 <laughs> hours. But, like, when that came up, like, we had only been out there. I mean, we'd only been out there for, like, a day and a half or so or, or half a day or whatever. Like, felt like it was. 10. I know. I know. It was. <laughs> so. It, you know, it was something that that for me, I, I I just I felt very strongly, but you know, it's like, well, you know, let's let's give it some time. I really, you know, should probably get to know this guy a little bit. But I but I had made up in my mind at some point, you know, if that came up again later on, that 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 would be something that I'd bring up. But you know, I didn't have to because you came to it on your completely on your own. You know what I mean? Which, yeah. I mean which is super cool. And, and, you know, in terms of validation, man, like that is something that is something that I'll never forget. Like that is something that I still, you know, think about pretty frequently. You know what I mean? When I, when I, when I think about things that I'm holding on to things of the past that aren't really doing anything to push me forward, they're really just weighing me down. And I think like 
why? What what good is this? What utility does this serve? Right. right? And then I think about you and your your that that experience, and then I and then it allows me to let go. I can cast it into the fire because, yeah, I don't need that anymore. That's not who I am. That's not serving me a purpose. It, it's it's do it's useless baggage. You know what I mean? Right. I can I can like I can take the part of that experience, right. and and that's the thing, right? You like you've taken from that experience. You didn't just. It's not like. Re, throwing that away you've just completely forgotten about everything and it's gone away no you've taken the good and you've moved forward with it and then the bad you've left behind because you don't need it and i think that was the you know the the symbolism of that like still like i said stays with me and it's something that i think think and reflect on pretty pretty frequently actually yeah i remember you know i've my memory kind of fades me a lot and you know that's uh that's one of those things that I that I do remember. You know, I remember us sitting up on that rock, and um, you know, there's two there's two moments, well, three moments that I truly remember on that show was, you know, one our first mission and sitting up on the rock, and I kept going. Um, I wanted to go down to that little grassy area with the yep. trees, you know, and because I wanted to move, I wanted to do something, and you well, guys and survival. Said, no. Survival dictates like, hey, man, get to the low ground. You're going to die just being exposed on the top of a mountain like an idiot. Like that's not what you do if you want to stay alive. But the rules of engagement said otherwise. You know what I mean? It's like – and yeah, we had to we had to keep having that that back and forth conversation. And I remember I got a little uh, pissy uh, a few – you know, two or three times. And and it was was powerful because you guys like, you know, fucking just chill just just exist and it was the first time i've kind of had to yeah you know or i've, I've been in essence forced to mm-hmm. to do that and, and and not have anything well and, and and sometimes man we that's the only way we can do it like right. you know we'll only get our own selves so uncomfortable like we can only right. self-inflict so much stuff before we will eventually throw in the towel it's like okay that's enough um, so we have to trick ourselves, right? We have to find ways to get ourselves beyond. And then it's like, oh man, now I've got to, now I'm in this place that I w- didn't expect. You know, I yeah. find I, that that's what you have to, um, sometimes do. And then like your, your step in that process was just saying yes to coming to the show. You're like, right. I don't know what's going to happen. I know I'm going to be uncomfortable. I don't know to what extent. I don't know for how long. Um, but I know this is going to be good for me in some way. So I'm going to say yes. I'm going to move forward. And then, you know, we find ourselves in these situations that we just, you know, totally would never have expected. You know what I mean? It, and that's where that growth occurs because, again, it's, you know, never in your wildest dream would you probably have thought – Hey, I'm gonna confront this thing headlong. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't. I don't think that that would have ever, would have ever occurred to you. And so, you know, I'm sure you run into similar epiphanies when you sign up for some of these races, and you're like, yeah. well, <laughs> I'm committed now. You yeah. know, I'm I'm here. And then, you know, somewhere along mile, uh, you know, uh, 110 or whatever, <laughs> you're just like. Oh boy! Well, I've I've made it this point. far. There's no <laughs> yeah. there's no turning back now. And yep. that you know, getting getting ourselves to that point where 
you know, it's do or die to some extent. I mean, it's not literally do or die, but well, it's understanding I, I, there's no, fi- you know, the, the, you know, the best thing is understanding there's no finish line. You know, the journey, the journey doesn't end, you know, you, you, like the medals in the background, the journey doesn't end with medals. The journey doesn't right. end with a finish line or a time or anything like that. It's uh, the journey is the whole thing. Yeah. It's, it's not it's, about the top of the mountain. It's no. about what, what you did to get there. And even if you didn't get to the actual summit, you know what I mean? There's, yep. there's still a lot to be gained from that, from that excursion. Right. You know, and, and the best part is you got to come down from the damn mountain. Yeah. <laughs> you know, still have the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see many people living on the top of Everest. Do you No. <laughs> it's like you summit and then you still have the journey back down the mountain and then maybe you can go back up another time. But so many people, you know, we live in valleys. We live yeah. in valleys. We don't live on mountaintops. And so many people feel that you know, especially with like the, the, the things that we value in society is, is money, stature, you know, fame, things like that. And it's, you know, after 9-11 on, on September 12th, what we valued was our lives. What we valued was in the people around friendship. us. Yes, yep. exactly. Yeah. And it was yep. simple. It was simple things that we valued and understood that you know, all things can go away. Your monetary possessions, your physical possessions, all these things can go away in a heartbeat. And that the biggest thing that we want to have is that connection, that connection that, you know what? I don't care who you are, what your name is, where you come from, what you like to do. I'm here for you. Yeah. Well, it's this idea, man. It's like, Hey, look, despite whatever differences we may decide upon or whether they're real or fictitious it's like hey man we're all on this hunk of rock together you know yep. what i mean like that there's that that's the kind of the thing that matters if we look over and we see someone struggling you know that we see ourselves in that person because man we're we are we're all in this thing together right right so we reach over and we we lend a hand and we help out and we lift that person up um and then we forget because we do, you know, right. time goes by, we, we lose Easy that perspective. And so again, hopefully we, we, we at least remember, Oh, Hey man, I've kind of lost some perspective. I need to, I need to do something to gain that back. And then we, whatever that is for us, whether it's Iron Man, whether it's stepping in the cage, whether, uh, whatever your deal is, right. That, you know, whether mm-hmm. it is climbing a mountain or, you know, sitting in a, in a, in a sensory deprivation tank, whatever, whatever you got to do to find it, man, find it, come back down from the mountain and, you know, continue to exist in the Valley and then, you know, rinse and repeat. And hopefully again, if we get good at life, we can wreck it before we start becoming shitheads again. Um, (laughs) you know, as we get some experience before we start to go completely off the rails, we realize, Oh, Hey man, look at the time. I got to go do my thing. Be right back okay, man, now I'm a decent human being again. And, you know, eventually maybe we, I don't know, because I haven't been around long enough, maybe we reach this point of, you know, enlightenment where we just can exist in that state indefinitely. I haven't found it yet. Um, yeah, you know, I I'm think still, it's hard. <laughs> you know, it's hard to do that with all the distractions. And It, it, it is, and, you know, yeah. I mean, I still got a ways to go, man. I, 
34 years old. So it's like, ah, I haven't had that much time to figure this shit out. So I'm still working <laughs> on it. You know, so yeah. it, literally everything that I say comes with an asterisk and a grain of salt. Like, you know, hey, some results may vary. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, take it for what it's worth. Um, so speaking of going out and doing our thing, you actually have an event coming up, which when people hear this, it will already have happened, um, most likely. But you, this weekend, you're yep. you're going to go out. You're doing a full Ironman, half Ironman. What are yeah, you doing? So I've got a full Ironman this weekend and a half next weekend. So the full Ironman oh, this shit. weekend. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I've never been claimed as the smartest person. Um, oh. So I've got a full Ironman this weekend, but uh, kind of uh, doing it a little different. So uh, doing it for a, a charity called My Team Triumph. Okay. Um, they help disabled individuals find their finish line. And so we're actually going to be pushing, uh, we're Team Jenny, uh, one of my good friends from uh, Utah, actually. He's, uh, he's a pro triathlete, was a pro triathlete. He's going to do the swim and the bike. So he'll pull her in a boat for the swim, 2.4 miles in the swim. Shit. He will pull her on, on the bike. Nope. On the bike for 112 miles. And then I'll, I will push her in uh, for 26.2 miles in my full gear. That is so, but it's that cool is because, that is an inhuman effort, man. That is that is unbelievable. And yeah. I think sometimes I I wonder because I've I've never touched those distances. Well, I've come so I've I've done I've done 50 miles on foot in the mountains, but I've never swam that far. I've never biked anywhere close to that. Um, but I think most of us, you know, having run at least one mile you know, yeah. in grade school or whatever, hopefully can have some appreciation for the, just how insanely, ridiculously, <laughs> you know, hard and, and long and, and difficult that, that that exertion is going to be. Yeah, it just get you know, it, it gets to a point, and that's, that's why I love doing it, because it gets to a point where the physicality of it goes away, and it, and it gets to the mental side. And because at some point your body doesn't really know what to do. Your body is going, you know what, you dumbass, you need to do stop. I, do I piss myself? Do I shit <laughs> yeah, myself? Exactly. Do I do both? I, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's like this, this doesn't make any sense. And then your brain just goes, yeah, it makes sense. Let's keep going. Stop whining. Just keep moving. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's what gets me through the things is, is that that mental challenge of it? I think that's that's what's so valuable to me, uh, especially for these races. And people find the value in uh, different ways of of challenging themselves. But this is this is my way. And the yeah. weekend after, I get to go to um, California, and I'm doing um, a half Ironman there uh, by myself. And then the run portion, um, Ironman Foundation has this thing called Gold Star Initiative. And what it is is uh, for the run, I'll be doing the race for a, a Gold Star family. Um, and I'll be carrying a fl uh, the U.S. flag with the name of the um, fallen individual on the flag for the whole run portion. Wow. And I'll be doing that one in gear again as well. So and that's I, I, be I love that you're doing these not just for your own, like, edification, but – for for charities and for other causes and that sort of thing you know yeah. what i mean like man that that's dude and you're doing those 
basically back to back. So you will have yeah. logged <laughs> hundreds upon hundreds of miles of effort in the yeah. matter of like what four days, probably. Yeah, it's been. It'll be maybe five. Five days. Oh, okay. Oh, well, if it's five days, then geez, any asshole can do that. Handsy. Gee, I mean, you need it. Yeah, if you're not doing them back to back or the same day, then. Oh my yeah. gosh. Um, yeah. well, I I am eager to hear uh how that goes and um, you know what what epiphanies you may have during during that effort. I often find that some of my best revelations come from thoroughly kicking my own ass in some oh, way by far. in by some far. way or the other um <laughs> if if people want to reach out to you if people want to want to find you or follow you or yeah. you know s- support you um because i imagine you know it takes it takes a little bit i mean to, to go yeah. travel to these places to gear up for the training if people want to donate to the cause or whatever it is how what's the best way to do that how th- how can they get a so, hold of you so if you go to firemanrob.com um, that's pretty much has all my information. I do keynote speaking uh, as well as uh, I'm going to be starting uh, putting out some online training and a few books and stuff like oh, that. Cool. And, and you know, realistically, it's uh, you know, I, uh, I love what I do. And f- as far as fundraising, I, I, I have some great sponsors that uh, really take care of me to be able to, you know, facilitate my my expenses. And I think my whole my whole thing is I. I love what I do and I want people to take away that, you know, there's so many things nowadays that are asking you, Hey, can you, can you donate to this? Can you give to this? And can you take from the, you know, and realistically, you know, my approach, uh, having moving forward from, uh, from this year is saying, you know what, I want you to take away because that's, that's what life's about is like, I want to be that impact kind of like what exactly what you're doing is, being that impact for other people to take away something at the end of the day. Yes. Is, is my time valuable? Yes, it is. But you know, my time is valuable when I can teach my kids that in life, uh, monetary is monetary and value is value. And a lot of times people, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, don't live a life of, don't live a life to be successful, live a life to be valued. And that's really what it comes down at the end of the day is, is, we go back to that finding your purpose and your perspective of who you want to be in this life. And, you know, we said never forget, but I want you to say never forget what it takes to be the best person that you can be every single day and know that other people have sacrificed so that you can get the opportunity to do that. That should be what you should never forget. Dude, that's, that's powerful, man. I think, um, you know, I think that's probably the, you know, the, the best way in my mind that, that we can honor, you know, honor this day, um, honor what happened and, and, you know, as best as we can from that, from the ashes of that tragedy, you know what I mean? Right. Find, find the positive in that. And, and that was really, that was really something that I wanted to do because, you know, it's like, man, every year you, this comes around and you think yep. about it. You know, and it's like you feel like, well, what can I do or what am I doing or what what have I been doing? You know, all of a sudden, yeah. you know, you see this, you're like, oh, yeah, that that happened. And then you're, you're like, well, shit, have I been even like, you know, what have I done? Right. 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 And so, you know, I, I, I having this conversation with you has been for me like very 
very very rewarding you know it's like okay man i think that that's that's a really good way to um to to just reflect upon reflect upon what happened you know because it is important that we do that you know even though it's not you know it's not all sunshine and roses right we we still i i think as men we have to confront that head on and and you know like i said pull pull the good from it and you know leave the rest behind as we move forward so um rob again man really appreciate you coming on and hanging out always a good time chatting (laughs) with you uh Best of luck in your upcoming races, man. Looking forward to that. And um, hopefully we'll have you on again sometime. That sounds great. And keep uh, keep doing what you're doing because, uh, you know, definitely our, our world and the men in our world need it. <laughs>